You are listening to episode 52 of The Bastards of Kingsgrave. Welcome back, everyone, to the intersection of A Song of Ice and Fire and everything else. We'll be continuing today our reviews of the Avatar comics, specifically The Rift Part 3. This is Amin, and I'm joined by our usual Avatar crew. This is Katie, Lady Griffin on the forums. And this is Mikal, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> Mikal and company? Yes, Mikal and company, exactly. I'm, I'm accompanied <laughs> by a chorus right now. Yeah. But I'm in guess rain. Uh, no, on the forums, yeah. No Stephanie today, but uh, we'll be going to do a spoiler full review of the Rift Part 3. And thought I thought we'd start uh, with a round of lemon cakes. What do you think? I'll give it a four. I found myself unexpectedly emotional about this comic. And maybe it's just because we've mm. been out of the universe, or it feels like we've been out of the universe for so long. Um, like, characters that I really felt annoyed by in the past, I actually felt warm towards. And it got, I, I'm usually really generous with these comics when they are... Uh, when they foreshadow Korra and look favorably upon the future and create continuity that's interesting. So, yeah, I really like this one. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it was. It might even be like a 4.5 for me. It, I really liked it. I, I thought it had a lot of cool connections, a lot of um, like sig- like significant things to say, you know, about the Avatar. And I also found it very moving with Toph and her father, which I didn't really expect mm. them to, to kind of resolve that in a way that I would be happy with. But I think they did. Yeah, I think I'd give it a 4.5 as well. I mean, I really enjoyed it. And I think it's the third time in a row that Gene Yang has finished the comics very well. He always has a strong finishing part three to his comics. Maybe it was that we spent, we did our review so late that we were all feeling nostalgic about the world. <laughs> so that might be t- tinting it a bit, but I think there's a lot to discuss in there. Okay, so I guess what I was thinking we could do is we can kind of just go through it and as things come up, talk about it, because there's a lot to talk about, but as an overall, I, I want to say that I think one of the characters that stole the show was the Dark One oh, yeah. in this comic. I just like I, <laughs> I really was annoyed by these kids when they showed up. I think it was in The Promise was for the first time, but when they came back here, I was like, you know, they're competent now, they're not as central, and so yeah, I was really, I was really into these three kids and seeing that they've progressed so far, and I really, it's it's so embarrassing. I think I got misty when it was like they're the three most powerful metal benders of the earth after on the earth after Toph because they're the only ones. But still, it, I mean, it was a touching moment. And I like that uh, the little girl who's there. I like that they had it. She's one of the first three students, and she's I guess from a still like high class background, but she's doing this metal bending. I like that there's that diversity. Yeah, I yeah. like that. What's his name? Dark? We can't rhyme when he's what does he say? <laughs> when he's freaked out of his mind. Yeah, they were good this time around. Yeah, I think they were, um, it, w- it was good to use them, like, they're good in, in small, small doses, you know. Hmm. And they right. reflect well on Toph, yes. as a teacher. Yeah, although she may have a fling with one of them later, like, uh, my theory of the dark one is, <laughs> is that art, that Juan's grandfather, because they, 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 uh, just like the, the artist, <laughs> the artist's grandson, right? Like the artist, uh. Suyin's artist oh, son. Yeah. They see, I think I said this before. They seem so similar. And then this, this guy's a poet, and that guy's an artist. So they they both have artistic bends as well. They kind of got the same hair. Yeah, dark attitude, attitude, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and it would fit that it'd be like. I mean, we already know who Lin's father is. Kanto is not related to anyone here, which kind of mistaken. We don't know who Suyin's father is. So it could be just like a hookup later on with the dark one. Like they're old friends. <laughs> well, she definitely hooked up with Satoru. Yeah. Yes, I hope. You know what? Like. I was kind of skeptical of that, but yeah. I really, I liked, I liked his thing. You know, I, I really liked the tie into the whole new Ozai society. And I think, um, yeah, I, I was, I was, by this, when I was like, I w- I'm actually really sad that they don't kind of 
wind up together. And, you know, I, I know it's all like systems of whatever that make me want Toph to end up with somebody, but I like the guy. I thought he was cute and I thought that would make sense. But does it, <laughs> you didn't, you didn't read into her, her little punch at the end. That's how she shows affection. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I know. But like nobody, none of these relationships really last. Well, it, it, it's entirely possible they had, they could have had a long relationship, just no kids. Like she could have dated more than True. two people, more than the two dads. Oh, I have no doubt that she did. <laughs> he just was sterilized from all his work in the finery, so he couldn't have... <laughs> oh, he got curried. <laughs> or he maybe still is the father, and Kanto's, like, not really the father. He just sort of... Sort of <laughs> he has the hair. The hair is for, for Lynn, right? So. Man, if I ever got those guys drunk, and by those guys I mean Mike and Brian, I would want to be like, look, I told myself that I didn't care about this, but now that I have you here... Yeah. Kanto was just a pet name. Doesn't mean anything. It's just or the middle name. I feel like every man in her life was probably named Kanto. She's, <laughs> she's like, I don't really need to know your name, so tonight you'll be Kanto. Yeah, so the the students are cool. Let's see what what's going on early on. And yeah, they're at the start because they're going to get them for help because uh everyone's stuck underground. I'm usually really just eye rolly about the Aang and Katara smoochy relationship, but I did think it was really sweet when Aang says Katara and they're not back yet, but he says, I just wanted to hear your voice. Make sure you're okay. It's like, oh, that is... See, that's the kind of stuff that I like between them. I don't like the sweetie and the constantly smooching on each other. It's like, the... that feels like more genuine. Of, I just want to make sure you're okay. I agree. Katara really... But even Sokka said it was it was earned, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those Ugi's were yeah. But like, I, I sort of... I don't know. I feel like Katara has been getting very much the the short shrift in these uh, hmm. comics, and like the girlfriend treatment. Yeah, a little bit, you know. And it's not like like it's not like like you know Jin Yang like thinks of her that way or anything. It's just like once they're together, it's like hard for her, to, you know, unless she has like deliberately her own comic. I feel like it's hard for her to have her own plot line. Does that make sense? She's kind of, yeah, she's relegated to Sokka-level relevance for a lot of these. And I mean, because Sokka hasn't really been having much importance in these comics either. He's mostly fulfilling his usual role as comic relief. And we're usually, I guess we're just used to Katara having more import than that, or at least more nuance. I mean, it seemed like she was going to get a subplot with those two Water Tribe girls being angry at her for never coming home, but that really wrapped up quickly. <laughs> really? Mm. They were like, never mind, we were being stupid, forget it. <laughs> but yeah, I do feel that, because it feels like almost everything she does in these comics is... Like, even, like, I feel like maybe even that Water Tribe subplot was maybe even reaction to that level of self-awareness of, yeah, she's really not doing anything except for mothering Aang through his problems. That's a bit creepy, though. I've always... Mother, that has always boyfriend. been my problem with the Katang relationship, is I always feel <laughs> more mother than lover, which just makes me feel weird. It's true. Maybe one of the future comics, like, not the fourth one, because it's already said, but a future one could be more focused on Katara. Yeah, the Water Tribe, I mean, I'd rather be focused on Katara than Sokka, honestly, but, you know, having yeah. one about the Water Tribe siblings, that would be nice. We've had everybody else to this point. We had Promise was Aang and Zuko. The second one was mostly Zuko and Azula. This one was about Toph and... Next one is about Zuko and May, so yeah, fifth one, let's have the Water Tribe siblings come up front. Like, we know that she banned bloodbending later, and I mean, they already have plenty of reason to do so, but it doesn't mean they could still not have some bloodbending type story. That would be cool. In between. That would be yeah. cool. Where she does it, right? Yeah. To see how that came about, because that, that was already banned by the time, like, Yakoan came around, so... Right? Because didn't he say that Yeah, that's why yeah. he got in trouble? And, that would be cool. I was about to get wistful and say maybe we'll see, like... 
like we'll literally see some of the Republic City early stuff tie into these, but that would require the kids to be actual adults, and I feel like these comics are mostly about them being teenagers. Well, we can actually, I guess we'll let's talk about this again at the end of the episode because Gene Yang did talk kind of about ideas for the future, and, um, and so yeah, we'll come back, we'll table it for now, but listen at the end about that. So, how did you feel the the Toph and her father relationship was resolved? How did you feel about that? It was it was okay. I mean, I felt I, I felt the argument much more in the in the earlier comics. You know, when she goes to see him in the office and he hides the picture of her. This kind of felt like, and I guess it's because we just don't know that much about him. It felt more. I don't know. I, I I just didn't feel it as much. It's like, okay, we're about to die. So I guess I have to apologize to you and kind of gush about how I left your mother because she blamed me for losing you. And I, I don't know. I guess part of me just wanted more insight into who he was and why he felt so angry with her instead of just apologizing outright. Hmm. But I did like her reaction, which was basically just not like, cause she's not an, an emotionally competent person or it doesn't have very high emotional intelligence and so her reaction was kind of just not to react and then had that awesome line about how you, if you knew the real me you wouldn't be worrying if we were gonna die <laughs> which is so great yeah i like that too i mean i i i think maybe the fact that Toph like was actively like saving them was like the the saving grace of that you know because because it wasn't just like well duck here together under this you know threat of death it was like no Toph is is saving their lives actively you know so so seeing him her dad like like make that confession was a little bit stronger to me hmm. um and then i like that he did kind of like revert you know at you know um at the end but you sort of like you got why and then it kind of like it kind of gave him the chance to be like oh okay never mind you know like it wasn't it wasn't perfect but i feel like it was as good as it could be in a comic this this length right you know yeah because, like, really, yeah, you would was, need, I like, think... real long conversations and, you know. <laughs> yeah, it felt like the beginning of a... Yeah, he, he, he was, he was yeah. looking. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, is that, like, it, it seemed like he wanted to resolve something that needed that this provided a key, like, catalyst for it to come out. But he wasn't, like, change 180. He wanted to reconcile, reconcile with his daughter. Yeah. So, all right. Let's see what and else like, we got here. And, like, Yin being sent to... Um, Her grandparents. Yeah, like, that made a lot more sense in this context. Yeah. I guess maybe eventually he'll go back to his wife. I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Or they could still be divorced and she goes to both her grandparents. It's so. interesting because it, doesn't he say that he left her instead of I like think... she kicked him no, out? She, she, see, she left him and they left the, the city because he wanted to do oh, something new. He like didn't want anything to do with him or something. Yeah. Meanwhile, Satoru's she uncle <laughs> is getting up to shenanigans and dragging that giant mask. Just a funny, like, dumb yeah. image. Like, we'll take this ore down to the beach that's shaped like a giant face. It's just funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we get the back, Satori's backstory on the streets. Which kind of made me feel like yeah. Toph chastising him was really off base, and I wish she had kind of. I guess she did kind of. I don't remember if she outright apologized, but, like, Toph is a rich girl, you know? She's been. She's been roughing it. She's still, you know, she's not. She's never had to, you know, she's never been starving on the street, like, with no one yeah. to turn to or no resources or friends. And he's like, I, you know, I, I I was blind to my uncle's intentions because I was afraid of being kicked out again, which to me is a legit reason to stick by him, despite the fact that he's a horrible person. Yeah. What was Toph's reaction to that? I don't, I don't remember. I think she just apologized for being mean to him. I don't think she gave a reason why. Yeah. 
Yeah, he didn't end the his whole didn't care about politics because he's just greedy. He just cares about money. That's his real. <laughs> Which fits. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was less about her yeah. apologizing to him and more about him thinking she was awesome because she stood up to her father. Which that's like neither of you are wrong in this situation, you know. Yeah, like the uncle is the type like he he would only join the new Ozai if he thought it would be beneficial monetary yeah. wise. <laughs> if you get a reduction of he taxes, seemed to, yeah, he, he seemed likes to turn over the annuities at the end, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Life and death situations can do that, I guess, with a giant yeah. spirit. <laughs> All right, so then they get out, and uh, Yang Chen. What happens then? Yeah, Yang Chen comes in. This was. Mm. Oh yeah, the but the air acolytes start checking out the uh, metal vendors. Relationships, perhaps. Like, what's the deal? <laughs> it's a new world. There's new rules. So. <laughs> This was good, though. The, yeah, so yeah, so he, we needed to reconcile with Roku. Yes. And I was yeah. not expecting that to happen in this one, though. Hmm. I guess it is a bit of a loophole. Like, you can't talk to Yang Chin, but we can play telephone by using the earlier avatars to <laughs> get back to her long distance. And it's fine. You just rebuild that necklace thing and you're good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I did like Roku, but he had perspective that, you know, after he browbeat Aang back in the promise, he's like, you know, I can only give you advice based on my life and failures and you have to make the choice if it's right for you and come on bae give me a hug and it's adorable <laughs> well when he uh broke with roku in the promise that was one of the first moments where i'm like yeah these comics are real and, and this was fixed in a good way in a mature way but i like that it tied back to that yeah interesting so. continuity i just i just love that like ang getting a hug from roku like no apologies needed yeah. you know it was I mean, it's it's also weird because it's like how much character development can a spirit have, you know? But at the same time, I was like, okay, yeah. whatever, it's good. Gave me fuzzy. He's still watching. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta. I want to meet that guy with a big hat. Oh yeah, the Jafar <laughs> guy. Yeah. He seems like he'd have an interesting story to tell. I have a Jafar. <laughs> it would be cool if there was just like a short encyclopedia of noteworthy avatars through the ages, besides just the five or six that we know. Now they're all gone. Yeah. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> uh, you know, I, we can still see them here, anyways. I know, but like, but yeah. I didn't really. I guess. I guess uh, you know the. What, when did that happen? Which season two? Season two. Okay, right. So season two was so like weird and whatever all told, but like I don't think it really hit me until I was reading this comic that it was like, oh wait, uh, you know, like I like these guys. I like you know this connection. I like that they exist, and yeah. then like, nope, they're gone. That's half the story is the past yeah. avatars. Like, it, and now they're all gone. It's just like the current avatar is just like a powerful person. Mm-hmm. There's no history to them. Like, I was like, telling Michal this, that it, like, when they did away with all the past avatars in season two, it was more a gut punch for the viewer because Cora never talked to those guys. <laughs> you know, she, she had very minimal interaction yeah. with her past lives. <laughs> and so when they got taken away from her, it's like, uh, you know, you never, she never called them anyway. Where for us, yeah. it was like, oh, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Stop it. That hurts. Stop. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's still grounds for my fan story where she tries to bring them back, and then in rebooting, one of the dark ones comes out and takes over. It's like that that's, episode that's, of DS9 with Jedzia and... The- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah what, in, in try, like she goes to that tree and tries to reboot and get them back, but when, by doing that, one of the dark ones that, that was suppressed comes out and takes her over, and then she becomes like all evil. And Rava has to have was, sit her down and be like, look, yeah, some of yeah. your past lives were kind of jerks. Yeah, and she tries to kill Mako. That's kind of part. <laughs> or Asami. And nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tries to kill Asami, then everybody cares. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's that's that story. Anyways, um, so... 
they find out the purpose of the festival was part of the deal to keep the general guy under control. And Aang's like, well, what if we just, like, destroy the city and bring it back to normal? That'll work, right? And she's like, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> she actually is like, dot, dot, dot. Way to go, Yang uh, Shin. Why the, why the hell can she say yes or no? I guess she didn't know. No, the dot, dot, dot is like, she's like, kind of like rolling her eyes, kind of. She's like, Aang, you're so naive. Yeah. I think that's what they've done. I guess not going to do it. She could have discouraged him. It was kind of, it was very cool though when the general is just slowly coming up on the beachfront. He asks Katara, "Do you yeah. see him out there?" She's like, "Yeah, I see him." Just like this tsunami force that's pouring onto the yeah. land. And he was very very well illustrated. I mean, like we, we had initially thought that Gene Yang was doing the artwork. He's he's doing the story, and the artwork is is done by two different people. Apparently, like that form a, it's called Guru Hero Studios, but it's two Japanese artists. <laughs> They do the artwork, and they were really did a good job. Yeah, looks like it. But I was I was thinking like when I read this, I I really you know this this particularly would have been beautiful to see animated, you know, with with hmm. you know the track team's music and like like the bird scene at the end. I was really like, oh, this would have been so pretty. Yeah. Well, what are you saying? Would have? It's going to happen eventually, right? <laughs> yeah. OVA. Someday we'll get to see Sokka on a forklift, animated in all its glory. <laughs> oh, actually, so, yeah, we have to mention that because right here with the forklift, like this is the birth of Cabbage Corp. Is here. Yes, it is. Yes, it yeah. is. So awesome. <laughs> so Satoru yeah. ends up like helping start Cabbage Corp. Yeah. Not that that ever. Well, we know what happens to that corporation in the long run. It gets shut down because it supports the Equalists. Oh, but only temporarily because it's fake. It's like oh, that's right. They were framed, them. weren't they? Yeah. 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 So they're gonna have a lawsuit, and they'll be even richer now when they come back. There's <laughs> defamation against Cabbage Corps. <laughs> but because you can see, he's like worrying about cabbages, and he's like, "Wait a minute, these machines are really interesting. It's gonna combine my cabbage powers with his technical knowledge." <laughs> I have I have a new headcanon. Um, remember remember in season one. Um, Hiroshi was like, you know, some, somebody gave me a chance, like, I was like a street rat like you, and somebody gave me a chance and, like, gave me a loan, and that's how I started, you know, whatever it was, Future Industries. So I'm gonna say that, that, hmm. um, Satoru, like, broke up hmm. with the Cabbage Corp guy after a certain point, and then decided to, like, get his revenge by helping this, this new kid. This fledgling uh, company. Yes, well, exactly. He, he was on the, uh, I mean, he was on the streets himself, so that might have been why he helped him. It doesn't even, even mean he had to have break off. He could have just given him the loan because he felt oh, sorry for true. somebody else who was on the streets. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's a good so possibility. So, is really the father of industry. Aren't, they were competitors, weren't they? Future Industries and Cabbage Corp? Yeah. yeah. But Cabbage Corp makes, like, shitty products, apparently. At least it's the slander against, because they're, they're airships. Yeah, that was, um, I think, <laughs> yeah, Bright mentioned it, like, in, a, in one of the commentaries, too, that, like, the uh, Satomobile is the standard, but then there's, like, a Cabbage Corp coup or something, coop or something that's just crap that nobody wants to drive. <laughs> But hey, no one, not everyone can afford a Sotomobile. Like, you know, <laughs> other people want, like, the cheaper option. It makes you wonder, do they still do anything with cabbages, or that's just in the name, kind of, like, remembering the agricultural... They've probably industrialized and globalized and probably set up some yeah. horrific well, factories in the Third World Earth Kingdom or something, and... Yeah. <laughs> they have those, cab- those cabbage cookies, maybe they, they Oh, yeah! <laughs> mass-produce them. Maybe it was just, yeah. like, you know, the kids wanted to change the name and, like, Grandpa Cabbage Merchant was like, no, we shall not change the name, and it's in the contract and everything. You know, they can't change the name. <laughs> the, the official sponsors of the Spirit Festival, Cabbage Corp. <laughs> Have your cabbage cookies. It's like part of the right. get it ingrained there. <laughs> well, speaking of the Spirit Festival, right. I really liked that. Um, I I really liked Belong Ang. 
uh, Aang being wrong. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if he was wrong so much as he just realized that he had to he had to bend rather than break. Well, yeah, but he was like he was yeah. like I have to destroy this whole thing because oh, that's oh, what right, the spirit right, wants, right. you know. And then um, I mean they they didn't kind of confront that as much, but like. It, it was still very evident that, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it seemed right to me at the time. I mean, like, the spirit's going to kill everybody. Buildings don't matter. Yeah, I was, yeah, it did seem right. And then as soon as Toss started fighting against him, I was immediately on her side. Yeah, like, shut Aang. <laughs> just stop with your spirity <laughs> bullshit. We can't give up here. We gotta, you can't just make everybody leave the town. And that's kind of an unusual theme for, like, like these kind of things, especially you know, comics that have, um, like, very spiritual sides to them. Like, I remember that being a thing in, was it, like, the Western Air Temple or something, the one where with the uh, with the mechanist? Um, like, yeah. you know, Aang kind of has that realization at the end, like, oh, okay, we have to, like, move on. But, like, it's not really, you know, I don't know. I never felt like that was really resolved so satisfactorily. But, like, usually I feel like when you get this kind of conflict between, like, you know, spirits and nature and stuff versus, like, industrialism and, like, change and stuff, it's, like, usually you're not supposed to root for, like, the, the industrialists, you know? And I liked that it was, like, no, it's kind of humans who use the world and, like, like yeah, they screw up, but, like, you, you know, like, it's not... You can make good things out of that, and I thought that was a really healthy message. Her Dolph's dad gives a pretty reason for it, which is that this is the only place in the world where all these different people come together to make industry, and yeah, I mean, it's ultimately for profit, but it's also supposed to be a symbol of the restored world order where things are changing, but it's also the world is healing, and we don't have to be segregated as we were anymore. Yeah, I like that. Like, this can only exist in a world that has peace. It was pretty... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it was pretty great to see Poff and her students <laughs> fighting Aang. We're not going to let you out of this factory. Yeah, I, 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 I was with Aang on that one. And it, up to the point where like there was no way the spirit was going to kill them anyways, well, then to fight him. But up to that point, I mean, if the spirit's going to kill everyone, then this seemed like a decent chance to stop him. I guarantee you can beat him. Yeah, and it's maybe just I'm just so anti-spirit. I'm like, yeah. can't let the spirits push you around. <laughs> I, don't think the, I don't think the spirit was right. I think it, it was just, they didn't know if they could beat him. So if he's going to kill everybody, like it's worth sacrificing a factory you could well, build. I think it's else. also like, you know, in that kind of that that transition from a pre-industrial world to a post-industrial world, like you or a, or an in tra- in transition industrial world, like you you have those kind of conflicts. Like in our world, it's not spirits, but but. You know, like an old way of, of, right, of solving <laughs> problems versus a new, more innovative way of solving problems that takes into account what, what people are building. And I think, you know, in, in the old days, like when Aang was a kid or when Aang was, you know, in the, in the airbender days, um, it would have been like, yeah, well, you know, whatever this, this little village has to go. You know, I mean, that's what, that's what Yang Chen did. And, you know, I like that there was this idea of like, there are new ways of solving these problems now. Um, unfortunately, they're not the ways that Aang wants to solve problems because, and this actually stuck out to me a lot in this comic that like Aang, Aang and Korra kind of have like the problems that each other would want. Like Aang <laughs> wants to be, you know, to deal with spirit stuff. Like he, if he could just be the bridge between humans and spirits, like he would be on cloud nine, you know, but he can't. He has to deal with all, all these politics because there was a hundred years of war and, you know, the world's in turmoil. And, you know, Korra obviously has a lot of politics to deal with, but so much of that is spirit related that like, and she's just completely out of her depth where that's concerned that like, you know, if she had to be like, a uh, a uh, you know, I mean, obviously she caused the war, so she's not the greatest at this, but like, um, you know, a conflict resolution avatar, like exclusively mostly then, and the spirits were fine, then that would have like been much easier for her. If she just had to destroy things. <laughs> 
no, no, the opposite. Like, if she had to, like, you know, make political decisions. Right. And, I mean, once once she actually learned how to deal with people in a political way, which she does. Um, did, what happened to that original city then? Was it was that evacuated back then, or did it just kind of fade away? I'm trying to remember what happened to the city that was in that area. I honestly don't remember the backstory. Yankton yeah. probably was yeah, because if she did evacuate them or destroy the city, then that is a contrast with this. This is like the new ways, which is good. It's like a change, yeah. right? Yeah. It is. Um, I did. Hmm. That was one of the things that really endeared me to this comic, is it just, it felt so much like it was leading into core and the fact that the spirits really don't feel like they have much of a place anymore in this world. And, I mean, our first season of Korra is devoid of spirit life. There's nothing. It's a completely industrial society, and and it's really only, you know, I don't know how many years this is after the rift or whatever, but it's like, you know, 80-something years later, Aang in his next life is able to kind of fix this problem by reuniting the spiritual world and the human world. It just, it felt like a foreshadowing of, like, hmm. we have, we're trying to fix old problems, and we're creating new problems, but it's okay because... You know, a hundred years from now, we're going to fix them. Like, we're going to keep trying and things are going to get better. Well, that's kind of been the whole theme, right? That, you know, the, the, the sins of the previous Avatar, you know, they're not obviously most of the time deliberate sins, but they're, they're still issues. And I love that. I love that it sets the fact that, like, Aang's not trying to be a bad guy. Like, he really does not want to kill the spirit. It horrifies him that he kills the spirit or, you know, vanquishes him or whatever, sends him away, uh, dissipates him into stardust. But, you know, he's he's essentially, you know, the spirit's not wrong. He's like, the, the Avatar is a human and will always take the human side. And that's a real problem when you were supposed to be a mediator between two worlds and... You know, that's something that Korra has to deal with, and she ends up not take, she ends up reversing Aang's decision to, you know, continually side with the human beings. She decides, no, I'm going to erase the boundaries so that I have to deal with spirits and humans equally. But that's like Aang's tragedy, you know? That's kind of what I was saying, that he, you know, doesn't get to, to sit down with, you know, old man iron and, like, pacify the spirits, and, you know, like, he has to take the side of humanity. And he, like, you know, whereas Korra, kind of actually takes the side of the spirits. I mean, you know, because they, like, they're in the real now, like that. That's, you know, I think something actually that the show didn't quite emphasize as much as, like, it, it could have given how, like, given how much, how, like, big it was at the end of season two. Like, oh my gosh, spirit portals, spirits everywhere. Like, other than the vines, it wasn't, you know, whatever. But, um... I, yeah, I always thought that transition was probably the worst part of that second season. Okay, there's a lot of bad stuff in season two, but like the, <laughs> yeah. the, the transition from like season one where we had nothing spiritual whatsoever except for, you know, Ghost Aang showing up at the end, into like the first episode of the second season, giant Technicolor spirit squid. It just it felt really incongruent and it never really addressed the fact that, because like when you watch that first season, you get the impression that spirits are kind of gone from this world, that they've, they've become myths and figures of legend, yeah. and then, you know, hop to season two and it's like, no, we can talk to them. They drop in on our festivals all the time and bl- break shit up, and you know I felt and they that- don't look like normal spirits. Yeah, like, yeah, that could have been done better. Mm. It just it felt like a really it felt like going back to like Airbender or something. It was like this weird just disjointedness of the world building. Hmm. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it was good. I think you know these comics have gotten so, yeah. increasingly um, resonant in that way. Yeah. So the old man grill the iron makes his suit again, and they start to pull it off, and he's like, hey, what are you doing? How did you get this ability? <laughs> I really like that, actually. I really like that he was like, what even are you, you know? Because, like, that <laughs> hadn't occurred to me the other time, that, like, a spirit that has a, a you know, thing of a armor of iron is, like, totally, you know, in, you know, 
impervious to other bending. And it was like, oh, right. And now it's not a thing. I love it. And, and that's become, what leads to the, you know, to industry being the cause. But it all fits together very nicely. And becomes a giant, spinny-headed golem. <laughs> <laughs> kind of silly looking, but whatever. Oh, it was a cool fight, I guess. <laughs> Punched a freaking hole for it, him. Yeah. You know what? I was thinking, like, yeah, that looks silly, but is it any sillier than Aang becoming a fish? Not really. <laughs> I don't know. Fish is more like, this is just, like, a weird rock robot. Like, glass. No, not glass, but, like, <laughs> it looks like it has a bulb. But it's a little funny. <laughs> Um, Fight though. Yeah. It's good. Uh... Old Man Iron starts crying. It's, it's like whatever, dude. <laughs> we just started to kill thousands of people. How could he know they're in friend zone? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, you know, he was. They, they say he was wrong, but he was wrong and right. He, he, some elements yeah. he was right, and some elements he was like wrong. There can't right. really be any peace between humans and spirits because you don't treat us equally. You don't. You don't prioritize. You always prioritize one side over the other, so there can be no concordance between us. Yeah, and he's like, long ago I was much more powerful, and then look what happened. Look at me, and look at you as he dies. He's like, realizing that. I thought the scene after that when Toph gives him a hug on the beach was really beautiful. Nice, quiet, yeah. open face mm-hmm. moment. You should value any apology, yeah. any apology you get from Toph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we have the speech from her dad, and then we have the birth of Cabbage Court situation here, and, uh, and then the Dark Ones chatting with an air acolyte. That's gonna well. <laughs> Hey, he's on this side. <laughs> yeah, but he's the dark one, and like you don't get lighter than the air accolades. <laughs> Opposites attract. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Uh, right. And then yeah, you're right. So they have the uh, kind of like resolution of Katara with the uh, the girl. Yeah, so much for that conflict. Whatever the hell it was about, I don't even remember why they were mad at her. You think you're so much better than us, and you never came out like guys. Whatever. This <laughs> this wasn't a real conflict. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, and then they get to the the stand that's collapsed from like the battle or whatever, and uh, what's her name shows up, Tia Tia Tianhai Tianhai Lady Tianhai. Let's see. The one that had the statue. Yeah, Tianhai. The yeah. hair, like crane fish, <laughs> fish cranes, whatever they were called. Yeah. She was the like she was the. I, I would have actually preferred this part not exist, and we just end with that you know really bleak premonition by old old Iron General or whatever. But <laughs> I guess they had to like husband like I believe hope and believe that you can, that you could be a bridge and that you can fi- that you can figure out a way to solve this. And she also gives that story about how she wanted to she became a human and died and now she's a spirit again and flies away into the sunset yeah whatever i liked it when it was more depressing <laughs> a depressing outlook on the future <laughs> yeah but it's still like i hope not yeah. i know that's good so there's still a bit of yeah but i do like that we did finally get sort of like what happened i was curious to see what happened like they just say she died but not the full story <clears throat> and then they have the festival, and one of the rocks was in the festival. He's <laughs> given up his crime. He's reformed, yeah. <laughs> Still has nightmares about killing so, Jet's parents. <laughs> no, he was, he was just watched. <laughs> That's so much worse. He's, he's, is that the archer one? I think so, yeah. The, I, think, I think it is. That was the, I think that was the guy who was fighting Sokka. That was really <laughs> that was funny. When Sokka's like, yeah. so you're an archer, right? That means you're probably not very yeah. good at hand-to-hand combat. It's like, no, that's not true, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it was Sokka's, like, Jimmy moment. It's like, I don't like yeah. arch, but like crossbows. And then, uh, yeah, Toph sees um, Satoru. He's like, hey, you haven't seen me for two weeks, or whatever. Hit me. <laughs> Father raised her better than that. <laughs> Sokka's some meat. Spirit Friendship Festival. Is meat. Same tradition, new form. All's well in the world. That was good. It was a good uh, read. Yeah, I really enjoyed um, it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. So I guess, at this point, we're going to talk about the, the next book coming out a bit. 
I mean, the potential spoilers there, because there's also an interview I want to mention. But uh, you were ready to move forward mm-hmm. on to that? Okay, so what is the fourth book out? Smoke, Smoke and Shadows, uh, coming out September 23rd. Okay. So there's an interview I'm sending to you now with Gene Yang, and it talks about some of the things there. Like, we know it's going to be related to Zuko and his family back in the capital. There's going to be stuff going on with the new Ozai Society, which is what I want to see. That's, like, interesting stuff. Amay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, apparently, I think it's in the interviews this summer, but, like, Jin Yang said that basically May is going to be resolved one way or another in this comic. Like, either it's going to be, like, resolved, like, they're going to have a permanent relationship, or they're going to break up. Like, it's going to be resolved. They're going to break up. They're married already. They're not going to break up. Shut up. Suki is his fire lady. Did, did, yeah, did Izumi that, look that anything the... like Suki to you? You never know. <laughs> That would be a, a, a great twist. That would be great. That, 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 that would be just like if they had ended this comic with the dark part. Like, that's like pretty ballsy, but pretty good if it was that situation. And then Sokka and Zub don't like each other for a long time, and maybe like a Worf Riker situation. <laughs> 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 or maybe resolve it later, but. Uh... I don't think so. I think Mako is Endgame, or whatever the kids call it these days. Well, we said that about Makora, too, and look how that turned out. <laughs> yeah, but that was because... <laughs> I mean, come on. There you what go. are we supposed yeah. to know? <laughs> <laughs> we are off the grid. Anything could happen. Yeah. But I do like that they, they, they had... I mean, it was in The Promise, where they had... Um, it was Su- no, Suki, right? Yeah. Like, she kind of was like... Reaching I, out to him. Yes. Yeah. Or she's I, like, I was so... Uh, uh, we were so worried about you. That, that line. She's a good bodyguard, okay? Too good a bodyguard. She wants to guard his body, yeah. She's got to get right up there. <laughs> From up and close. <laughs> okay, so we're going to find out what, what happens with May and, and that relationship. And uh, what else is going on here? Let's see. It looks like a lot of politics, which yeah. I think is interesting. This could be good or bad. I mean, I found the politics both intriguing <laughs> and dry in The Promise. So. Yeah, but The Promise, like, these these books have gotten so much better since The Promise, yeah. but I'm like... You have to be careful with The Promise. This is the first one. If you, like, burn out or made a mistake there, that would have been it, right? Now he has more leeway. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, and I think he was also finding his feet in the in the world, too. There will be a spiritual component as well in the uh, the fourth one, not just politics. Because the smoke or the part, shadow part refers to something. Ooh, it says that there's going to be another one after Smoke and Shadow that will... He says, nothing is set in stone, but we've talked about it. As I said earlier, I feel like we've done a lot with the Earth Kingdom and we've done a lot with Fire Nation, but we haven't done much with the Water Tribes. It would be great to explore those cultures and characters. There you go, Katara-related story. It's right there. But I think somewhere else he also said he was thinking about an age gap, doing an age gap, coming back and doing them as they're older. Let's see. (laughs) Let's see. He says he might jump ahead a little bit after Smoke and Shadow, but he says it's also not up to him about whether or not they do that. Hmm. He wants to do that, I think. That's what he says. Oh, he's talking about the uh, Katara Ang. This is a really good art- uh, interview. I'm going to put this up at the episode, but it's nice that they go into detail here about the Katara Ang relationship and other stuff. <clears throat> I just, Sweetie just yeah. doesn't work on the page. Yeah. Just no. <laughs> but he kind of says, I think he's here, he's, I mean, like, people often deal with relationships like, putting them on tension or breaking them up, but he doesn't want to do that here, I think. He likes to have a healthy relationship. Yeah. Let's see. Has it gotten easier to write? No, it's a challenge every time. Well, it reads like it's gotten easier to write. Ira will be there, which is good. It makes sense he's there in the Fire Nation. Oh, Azula. Let's see here. Uh, Azula's still out there. Is it something you want to deal with that? Well, it kind of makes sense for Azula to be there, right? Question mark. You'd think she, you'd think she <laughs> would be there. If the story's about the Fire Nation and the royal family, you'd figure Azula would be there. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that's great. He's there. Um, yeah, there's a go. He wants to time jump at some point. And then he's talking about Guru Hero, I guess, the the two artists. They're doing great. He likes work with them. So yeah, it's coming out when? It's coming out in September 23rd, so mm-hmm. long time. But the second one is December. So once they, once the first one comes out, the, the subsequent ones are always within four months or so, right? Which is nice. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we'll be back to review that. Hopefully it'll... I think it has potential. Well, perhaps to be the best one yet. Um, but there's also a comic that I haven't read. Apparently there was a free one about Ty Lee. Yeah, uh, it was the Free Day comic from last year. Uh, it was basically just Ty Lee going back to the circus and running into her many, many sisters. I put a page, I linked a page yeah. for it earlier. Was there anything particularly, like, there's nothing really new coming out of it, though, in terms of, like, knowledge? No, not really. Yeah. I barely remember it, to be honest. Is there another one coming out this year? I think there is. Right? Well, they do it. When is free year, comic day? Yeah. Is it uh, in May something? Okay, then there could be one coming out soon. Maybe Tyler. Foamy will get his Sorry. own comic. The Foamy guy. <laughs> yeah. Did the Tylee one come out yet? Or yeah. is that one that, the one that's coming out? I think it's so. out. I saw scans of it on Tumblr. Tylin, Tylat, Tylo, Tylu, Tylum, and Tywu. Tywu is the grumpy one. Did they refer that in the in the main show? Like they said that she had lots of sisters and they're all similar to her. Yeah, yeah. that was her her beef. Is she was like an identical part of a set, and that really bothered her. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. This, I mean, if Azula's going to be there in the next one, like that's going to be interesting. I want to see how that turns out. What she's going to do? What's her? Mind state. What's her goals? She and May are actually due for a, oh, another. Interesting. It would be good if you know Azula's. I mean, because we've already gotten her beef with her brother, and it would be nice to see her confront her old friends again. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> she needs help. But she in, like in, in the uh, search, Tylee was there for a bit, but they didn't really chat much, right? She was just knocking her out. Yeah, because yeah, she was one of the Kyoshi warriors, so. Hmm. That's weird that it's online because it says that it's coming at maybe maybe they moved up free comic book day hmm. because I'm I'm looking at the list and it, the Avatar one is Tylee and um and Top a new one maybe just a preview that I saw oh uh, maybe yeah, I mean these are basically like preview length there um comic let's see preview yeah preview of the comic so it hasn't come out yet I guess not I thought it like I didn't think it was that long I thought it was just a few pages but I guess there's more Top's gonna be there uh, wait I can't see any pictures here where's the pictures I think yeah Toph is the one I think the thing is like in the first few pages Tylee is really bummed out and depressed and Toph is like let's take you somewhere where you're happy and so they go to the circus where her sisters are performing hmm I feel really bad for these artists because, like... So, yeah, the free comic day ones are not ever great looking. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess it's fine in terms of comic art, but, like, seeing these characters in that style looks really weird. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see. I wonder if it's just... Because like, I think the free... Aren't the free comic day ones, aren't they, like, printed on cheaper paper stock or something? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, they got to save money, right? <laughs> yeah, because you're not making a profit, yeah. Well, they want what they want is people to come into the comic book store and then buy other things. Oh, here we go. Now I'm seeing the preview here. How do like they even Toph and Tylee hang out? They... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's like cr- fan fiction. Yeah. Glad Tylee is getting some attention. She usually gets a lot of attention okay. from the guys, right? <laughs> she has a beautiful heart. I bet you she and Azula end up together. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. It's a popular ship. It is. I mean, Azula would have to be in a much healthier place because yeah. otherwise, yeah. 
Yeah. I feel like Tylee would be enough of a doormat that she wouldn't care. Yeah, but that's not good for yeah. her. I know, I know, but I'm just saying she'd be like, it's, you know, be mean to me, it's okay. <laughs> Good. I guess I'll wrap this up, but uh, thanks for joining me again. Well, yeah. We also have, have news about Bright. That they, oh, really? They're moving on to other projects. They're getting a divorce. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they're not working uh, together anymore. So they're done with the Avatar world? Yeah. But a um, lot of the Avatar and Korra people are working together on a mystery project. What is it? It's like Giancarlo and Joaquin Dos Santos and somebody else are all working on a new... Did they say who it was? There was a picture on Tumblr of um like oh, five cool. people, like five really recognizable names from the the show that were working together on something. Cool. I I mean I will definitely presumably check that out unless it sounds totally stupid, but <laughs> I don't think it will. But would you? I mean I I think they were pretty much done with Cora's time anyways, right? Or do you, would you have wanted something in Cora's time, or would you have wanted them to move forward, or what would you? Oh, you mean working if they were? Stuff? I, yeah. I mean they're not. If, like, yeah, a what-if what scenario, like, if they're doing more. Uh, I guess I would like some more core. I mean, I will always want more core stuff, but I don't know. I, I, I'm really not interested in, like, going ahead of Korra, you know, like, the next Avatar that's in, like, the time of MacBooks <laughs> and yeah. you know, computers and stuff, yeah. you know, that doesn't interest me, and it doesn't really interest me to go back. Like, the only thing that would really pull me back in is if they did, like, some kind of anthology where it was just, like, every episode was a different Avatar mm. or something, or filled in the blank spots in the show's history. Yeah. Mm. I like what the comic's doing. Yeah, so I mean, I said, I like, like I don't... This, this bridge, anyways, more than I thought I would. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just still, like, I don't know... I don't want to see, like, I kind of don't want to know what happens next for Korra, you know? Like, I. It left, yeah, it left in a hmm. good place. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, like, the difference is, like, with Avatar, like, a war hadn't just ended. Yeah. You know, like, it was, it was a big deal with Kuvira, but ultimately that's, like, more of a footnote <laughs> in history, um, than a major event. I still miss Kuvira. He's such a cool character. <laughs> I also feel like, I don't know, the world in Korra's time, is reached a place where it's like, like, I was always curious, like, what's going to happen after, you know, the Hundred Years War with Aang and stuff, even before we got news of Korra coming out. But with Korra, it's like, I really don't care, <laughs> like, what happens to Republic City after this. You know, it's, we've reached, you know, saturate capacity for my interest level in this world. Yeah. Just give us some OVAs for these comics, and it's all good. <laughs> give us some Korra comics. Hmm. I would like that, but I don't think it'll happen. <laughs> Good. That art was beautiful, though. Did you see that that art? I mean, that um. Oh no! For, what was it? He made um. It was f- there was a gallery that was being done in Los Angeles, I think. That was um. Yeah, it's always in. Yeah, the, every they do an Avatar and Korra gallery of art, and Bright attended and or not Bright, Brian attended and he donated. No, Mike attended too, but uh. Yeah, but Brian was the one who donated the yeah. the Korasami piece, which was really great, and they sold it as a print. Now I really want a turtle duck boat <laughs> in my life. No, you don't. <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for joining me again for this. It's always fun to do these reviews. Yep. As far yeah. as I know, the only podcast reviews of these comics that exist out there, or we at least that I found. <laughs> Sounds about right. Good. But we'll. But I guess I we'll, yeah, we'll be back time. for I guess the fourth comic <laughs> if there's nothing else in between. See you in yeah. September. Or more likely, see mm-hmm. you in December. When we review the sept- September. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a couple of months. Right, this is us we're talking about. Yeah. But hey, we're regular. We do, we do do them. We reviewed everything. Yeah. So. 
It took us a while to do this one, but yep, we get it done. When did this one come out? It was like November. <laughs> <Old> time ago. <laughs> it is a little weird, like, talking about them and thinking about them with Korra having mm. finished, right? Because it's yeah. like, okay, now we kind of know everything, and then it's like, you know. I listened more to your uh, Talking Targaryen podcast, and it was very surreal at the end to say, you know, you have to go watch the Korra finale. <laughs> I know. I was like, when did I actually do this? And it was like, all right. <laughs> it, was, it was that long Jeez. ago. But it's out, and it's off my plate, so that's good. It's also good that we got this done before we fall into the maw of a certain show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever are you speaking of? I know. Yeah. All right. Joke. Yeah, well, that's that. Cool. See yeah, you all around. I'll see you later. Oh, cool, have a good I'll one. let you know if I need the... I probably will need the file. Take a listen to your files. If if Michal's is bad, then uh, at least I'll get Katie's. <laughs> All right, so see you, check us out on bastardsofkingsrape.wordpress.com and on our forums at Podcast Advice and Fire, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Next time.